0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Alan,
1: I'm doing great, buddy. I am looking forward to our special episode today. It's something, it's a little
0: different from what we usually do. That's right. Since we're officially now eight episodes into season three, yep. that gets us pretty much to the midpoint of season three. Yep. What a better way to acknowledge that than to have an official Season three, midpoint retrospective.
1: Fantastic. As a matter of fact, you know, Alan, I've been thinking about it. We've been talking about including a couple of other things uh, on this episode. So maybe instead of calling it a retrospective
0: or a mailbag, how about we call it a grab bag? Ooh, I, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we do that, let's describe to our loyal podcast viewers uh, exactly what we plan to do during this grab bag.
1: All right. Well, Alan, we've had this discussion before. First of all, they're, we're pretty sure they're not viewers. In fact, during the last week, Constantine <laughs> actually <clears throat> met with our lead scientist over in Switzerland just to confirm their findings one sure, last at time. CER- at CERN, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah at, yeah, at yeah. CERN there. And they're, they're, they're now 90
0: to 95% sure they're not viewers. Uh oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, then fair enough. L- let's describe to our loyal podcast non viewers. Yeah. I guess we could call them listeners, but that seems kind of boring. No, no. Uh, what to expect from this particular episode. All right. So we're going to go through each of the first eight episodes of season three, one at a time, maybe give a two to three minute recap of each and then some quick highlights and talk about what our scores were and whether or not perhaps we want to change them or any thoughts that have occurred to us since.
1: Fair enough. Well, that sounds pretty straightforward to me. I like it. Um, Well, maybe after covering all eight episodes, it would be kind of cool if we can give some overall thoughts about season three as well, like maybe how it compares to seasons one and two. I like it, Mark. All right. So do you want to go ahead and start us off? Absolutely, Sir Alan of the Round Table. All right, let's see here. Well, season three, episode one uh, was entitled, as you know, "Go Big or Go Home." And it was first aired on January 20th, 2011, written by Alan Yang and directed by Dean Holland. And it had three storylines, I believe. One was about increasing the park budget, because, uh, you know, they're back from when they uh, were, were sent off to don't do stuff. Right. And they were, but they were back there on a shoestring budget. And Chris asked out Ann and some other stuff. Um, and they wanted to try to increase the park's budget because it sucks right now. And then the, <laughs> the second story was a basketball rivalry. So, you know, you had Ron's team versus Andy's team, and I think this is where we saw the awesome (sighs) Swanson Pyramid of Greatness with Tom as a referee, no doubt. Hard to forget. And then the third story was uh, where April's been gone, but then, you know, and Andy's been kind of pining after her because he wants to make right this whole and kissed me debacle. But she comes back with boyfriend Eduardo. bum, bum, bum.
0: So, Mark, this being season three, episode one, you know, we had the two episodes at the end of season two where we introduced Chris and Ben. I think they're, you know, we as viewers of the show, Mark, didn't really know whether they'd be back, and of course they were. Right. Um, you, you know, you gave him MVPs, I recall, in this episode to That's Chris right. Traeger because yep. he had such a great part in it. We, as you mentioned, we had the Ron Swanson pyramid of greatness. Yep. Uh, what was it we had in the in the deleted scenes as well? We had the uh, cornucopia of shame, or no, no. That wasn't it. Oh, it was the
1: it was the Swanson yin-yang of failure.
0: Of failure. Yep. That's right. I seem to remember we might have done a bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Adam Scott and Rublo are obviously now full-time cast members, yep. as are Jim O'Hare and Retta. Nice. They've been upgraded to the main cast. Well deserved and yeah. long overdue in our opinion. Absolutely. You know, Chris had some humanizing moments as he describes the why he's so positive. Cause I think that was our kind of big problem with him. We're like, is this guy real? Or is he
1: just like a happy robot? Right. It, it's it's hard to take someone seriously when it seems like they're so one dimensional. And that kind of gave yeah. that necessary second dimension, I think.
0: Yep. We had the fabulous uh, call out, I think, perhaps by you, maybe backed up by me, where we talked about, you know, Chris, Chris Trager, Rob Lowe did a great job here where he kind of said, Ann Perkins. Right. And Perkins, you know, he, he <laughs> gave basically four or five different takes on it, every single one. Not only do we understand why he was saying it that way, but it was just it was so impactful the way he did it. We really like that.
1: Yeah. The, the, his ability to impart nuance into each yeah. each way that he said it was was tremendous with,
0: with the same line, four or five different ways.
1: And, you know, Alan, I think my my favorite part, uh, perhaps, was the way that they ended that episode because they really kind of laid it all on the line with this really, I mean, is a little bit over the top, but it was kind of moving is this chariots of fire thing where they all kind of pitch in together. And I mean, if you think of it plot wise, they're basically saying, hey, I know that we have virtually no budget. We're pitching this harvest festival. We're doing an all or nothing, basically, because yeah. if this fails, parks department gone. gone. So yeah. it's, it's all on the line. It's kind of interesting. And then and then the rest of the of the gang was, I think, kind of scared, like especially Jerry, because he was going to retire. But he's like, you know what, Leslie, I'm behind you.
0: Yeah, that's great. So Good show of loyalty to Leslie yeah as well, yeah I think that's about it for for episode one, Mark go bigger or go home. Well, I think the only other
1: thing I was gonna mention is you and I rank this pretty high uh i I think I gave it, and you gave it the same score of an eight point five um so it's it's very, very good, obviously, it wasn't the the top of the hill, but still, holy cow, what a good episode
0: well, for our first episode back in a new season, an eight and a half is a pretty good score I agree completely, yeah, absolutely. Well, that takes us to season three, episode two, Flu Season, mm-hmm. which was written by Norm Hiscock and directed by Wendy Stanzler. And as you recall, Mark, we were lucky enough to interview Norm Hiscock about this episode and really his whole career. I think one of these days we're going to do that as a spotlight episode.
1: Agreed. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, in this episode, we had a three storylines. We had Ann Perkins Hospital, as Mark likes to call it, <laughs> um, which is great, uh, beyond Thunderdome. Uh-huh. Yeah. April, Leslie, Chris all get the flu and go to the hospital. And then we had the Chamber of Commerce presentation. You know, Leslie's is really determined to give this presentation, Mark, no matter what, with or without the flu, oh, with cow. or without real clarity of, <laughs> of uh, you know purpose or uh, perhaps even what she's saying. Or even being conscious. She, she would have done it unconsciously. Yeah, I think she would have. Will barrel me in, Ben, and I will give the presentation. Look, attach wires to my arms, just marionette me in there, and yes. I will be just as effective. That's right. And then our third storyline was, I think uh, you called it, Ron and Andy, a love story. <laughs> <laughs> I give such dumb titles. That's so good though. But but this the the premise here was Andy's basically filling in as Ron's assistant because April's not around. Right. Uh, she's with Venezuelan Yanni, or I'm sorry, Eduardo That's at this point. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is it about Venezuelan
1: guys in April? Uh, they're uh, they're uh, they uh, they they tell good stories. They're not Andy. They're not Andy. That's right. I think right. that was key. It's like, hey, point. you know what? You know what's going to make you mad? Him.
0: Yeah. Yep. Mark, uh, what were our highlights from this episode?
1: Well, you know, just continuing on the MP on the MVP front for me, this was actually kind of a tough one. You know, I was all proud of my having this new thing, this MVP. And then I was like, oh, crap. I like the
0: MVPs, by the way. I think it's a great addition to the show. We've certainly kept it and we'll keep it.
1: Thank you. I think it's awesome. Um, and <laughs> Mark, whoever. Mark, you're who, our MVP. Oh, uh, let's just fade to black. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. So the the tough thing about this one is everyone was so darn good in this. Like yeah. it, it, if it I re- tough. if I remember right, Alan, this was this scored tremendously high. Yeah. Yeah, I, we had uh, nine
0: and a half Little Sebastians each. Oh, my gosh. So that's, that's, I think at this point, our highest score ever. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and everybody did
1: so well. It was hard to do an MVP. So I think what I said, it was. I, cheated. I, I yeah. completely cheated. I said, it's <laughs> a four-way tie between Leslie and Ben and Ron and Andy. Um, uh, and, and, and you know, it doesn't hurt that podcast that we did, you know, that we have the bonus interview clips with Norm Hiscock. Yeah. We talked yeah. about that. Um, and I think. I want to say that you had mentioned this on several different occasions that this episode, Flu Season, was actually a top 10 Parks and Rec episode on several internet lists.
0: It was, and we've had two more since this episode in season three alone that were on that same top 10 list.
1: Unbelievable. Tells you something about season three. Well, and, and the last thing I want to say about this anyway is that, you know. It, this episode is great for many reasons But the least, not the least of which is The two greatest jokes and meme-worthy Scenes in the episode and maybe Some of them in the series which are both Improvised one was Andy's favorite yeah. or, fa- or famous quote where he's like Leslie I typed your symptoms into the thing up here And it says you could have network connectivity problems Just so <laughs> freaking funny And then of course Chris Very blunt but to the point Stop pooping, pooping. <laughs> uh... Uh, well, I think that takes us to season three, episode three, Time Capsule, yep. uh, which first aired uh, February 3rd, 2011, written by some guy named Michael Shore and directed oh, sure. by Same. Um, and, uh, That's a weird name for a director, Same? Yeah, they, the parents really phoned it in. <laughs> kind of like you and that four-way tie. Oh, I know. Just like, I don't know, just do something. Constantine, you take care of it. Um <laughs> So, we had two storylines here. One was about the time capsule proper. So, they're trying to do a Pawnee time capsule. Leslie's sure. organizing it. Some uh, dude named <laughs> Kelly Larson apparently <sighs> thinks that Twilight is is the bee's knees. That's what the kids say. And um, he chains himself to a pipe in her office, and then they hold a public forum slash town hall, whatever you want to call that nutbag thing. And, um, so that was fun. The second storyline, I, which I entitled the you know, winning back April. This is really where Andy is desperately wanting to still win back April. April still really hasn't forgiven him for the whole and kissing debacle thing. April is still dating Eduardo and Chris Traeger kind of bonds with Andy and tries to help him win April back. And one of the things that happens here is is uh, Andy kind of takes the high road and tries to be friends with Eduardo Which makes April mad. Mad. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think that this episode saw the end of Eduardo. Because what good is he if he's not going to make Andy mad? Yeah. Yeah. His
0: usefulness or his usefulness is over. (laughs) Oh, man. What do you think? What were your highlights? What were our highlights? Our highlights from this episode included your you you named Andy Dwyer as MVP of this episode. It was a great Andy episode. Yeah, it was. Because he did. I mean, he could have gone lots of different directions. He could have gone old school Andy and just kind of pouted and been a jerk about it. But like you said, he took the high road and it it was endearing. And I think it also made April mad that it made her like him again. And goodbye, Eduardo. It it paid off. It did pay off. So he, you know, it, it just goes to show that Mark sometimes doing the right thing pays off whatever <laughs> <laughs> so you say that wasn't personal that was just i think i feel like i saw you glaring at me yeah, yeah, i get whatever. it whatever yeah <laughs> um we also had uh the great four horse meals of the egg porcalypse
1: talk about meme worthy moments
0: oh my gosh so you man. know that's
1: actually one thing that i've noticed like these first few and i didn't keep especially close track, but it seems like almost every episode of them. had some meme worthy moment that has been, you know, shot out there in the, in, in the wide, wide world of web.
0: Well, I noticed another pattern too, that even on the episodes that weren't as scored as highly in terms of the, you know, number of little Sebastians we gave, and we'll talk about that here just as we recap this, but they still all had great stuff in them, either lots of funny moments so that we we always try to recognize that in our score even when it's not one of our favorite you know episodes on every other level they're always at least funny and you're right there've been a ton of memes generated in season 3 so far Well, yeah. I mean, if you have
1: memorable moments, if you have several episodes that are like nine, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, if you have an episode that says scores a seven and a half, that seems like a slap in the face. It doesn't mean it's a bad episode. It's still an awesome episode. It's just you're surrounded by really, really, really good episodes.
0: That That's very true. Um, we also had in this, the you know, basically this is where Tom has been dating Lucy for a while and oh, she yeah. finally dumps him, which is very sad for Tom. Don't they get together at the end of
1: season two? Like just at the very tail end? Yeah, they, they haven't been together very long right. at this
0: point. I think you're right. It's maybe two maximum of three episodes. Yeah, that sounds right. But you feel like there's something there for Tom and Lucy, you know, and you're sad to see it go. And, you know, obviously we're waiting now to see if, if, if he ever gets a chance to get back with her.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, What do we score? This, Uh, I think I scored this a 7.5 and you, you were a little bit nicer. I, stretched you a little bit are. I gave
0: it an eight. I yeah. think it just had some, some moments I really enjoyed, Um, you know, Will Forte. Um, you know, as, as Kelly, um, (laughs) wanting to, to put, you know, twilight in the time capsule, I think was both funny and maybe a, a little overdone by the end. And it's maybe one of the reasons it probably didn't stretch for both of us to a slightly higher score. Um, but but really funny guest spot by will by Will Forte for sure.
1: Oh for sure. I, I think one other note we had and then we can move on is you know we've talked about how the 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 dosing for certain things is important yeah. and this could apply to you know guest stars or you know a lot of different things yeah. and in this case I think maybe it applied to the uh, to the town hall because yeah. I love the concept like I love seeing all these crazy crazy Pawneean citizens like it's a joy to see them. Dot, dot, dot. And yet, if you yeah. if you go back to the well once too many, it's like, okay, maybe we can move on to like something plot worthy. But I do like it, you know?
0: Well, and I mean, in a standard episode, you got about 21 minutes and 20 seconds, roughly. We've seen yep. that number a lot. And, you know, it's precious time. So use it wisely.
1: Yes, sir. That is correct.
0: Well, Mark, that moves us on to uh, season three, episode four, Ron and Tammy, part de. Part de. De. Yep. This first aired on February 10th of 2011, it was written by Emily Kapnick and directed by Tucker Gates. And this one, we had three storylines again. We had Ron and Tammy, of course. Ron resists Tammy when he's, you know, with Wendy. But when they break up, uh, they fight, they get drunk, they get married, they get arrested. <laughs> yeah. It's quite an evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, they have an intervention, of course. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. very funny one, in fact. Um, You know, part two, you titled Leslie's Favor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leslie gives a party for Pawnee Police Department. Mm -hmm. You know, she's hoping to get a favor from Chief Trumple in order to, and that's for them to volunteer as security for the Harvest Festival. Right. All this is tying into the Harvest
1: Festival in some way.
0: It is. Well, I think we've talked about this a little bit, especially as we got to Harvest Festival. Every one of these episodes, in some way, even in a small way, is building toward this. You know, what feels like a season finale in the middle of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Yep. Um, The third storyline, you know, Chris gets a new assistant in April. She fills in at Chris's desk until he goes back to Indianapolis. Um, They clash a little. He drives April crazy. Yeah. April tries to, you know, get fired on purpose. And Chris tells her, you know, she should come to Indy with him. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a surprise there.
1: Yeah, that he wasn't uh, put off by her uh, April-ish antics, and instead he's like, you know what? I still think you're pretty smart. Yeah. I think that you could have a future if you come with me.
0: Well, in the same way that Chris kind of saw something in Andy when he befriended him a little bit, he also sees something in April. Which you know? which honestly has to
1: make you think, I mean, I would prefer to think, you know, the, these these characters, Alan, they're solid gold. So, of course, they're stellar. but. Again, I kind of wonder if Chris just sees the best in everybody, even if there's maybe not something there to see. And he is wearing those rose colored glasses. And I think they're real. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, not in April's case. She's awesome. But just just saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, my MVP for this uh, very Ron-tastic episode uh, of part Ron and Tammy Part deux, uh had to be Ron Swanson, of course, for my MVP. Um, I, I think that the one takeaway line, because had to be the mustache rubbed off. Wait, wait for it. Because of friction. Oh my God. (laughs) Watch everyone lose their minds. Um,
0: Hysterical and gag worthy.
1: I love the, I love the Ron Cornrows. I love them getting married. I love that the very end, uh, 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 Tammy beating (laughs) up Tom. You talk about the weirdest choreographed fight scene in the world. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Which
0: then of course, you know, Ron then carries him away like an injured child.
1: Yeah, I uh, and you know what? I also really, really like uh, one of the moments where, you know, Ben is afraid that Leslie wasted the favor by asking for mm. Ron to be released from jail. Ben goes back to Chief Trumple and says, you know what? I, I, we got to ask you something else. And he just simply says, very simply, Leslie Nope gets
0: all the favors she wants, which I thought was kind
1: of powerful. Yeah, you know, because really he didn't even
0: pause. Nope. Well, he says it. And, and Ben says, do you mind if I ask why? And he says, he says, because Leslie Nope is the type of person who takes a favor and uses them for other people. Absolutely. Which what higher praise can you give a person? I, I don't know.
1: That's just tremendous. And you and I, Alan, we both gave this. We shared the score. We gave it a nine. Yes, each of us. That is correct. Pretty, pretty high praise, but, but yep. well worth it. Yeah. Great. Or well deserved. I should say. Yep. Well, from there, we move on to Season 3, Episode 5, Media Blitz, which first aired February 17th, 2011, and it was written by Harris Whittles and directed by Dave Rogers. Right. And- um I think this kind of broke down into three storylines. One I thought of as, uh, you know, the main one I just called Ice Town Clown because it was very <laughs> much about Ben freaking melting down throughout the whole thing. You know, they're trying to promote this harvest festival that's coming up and they're doing it on radio and they're doing it on television and and, uh, you know, the in newspaper form. If people still do that. Um and Ben is just not dealing with people talking about it, asking him about his past no. at
0: all. Well, they're kind of dwelling on it. And they're not talking about Harvest Fest. They're trying to bring up his dirt. They are. But he he needs to get thicker skin because holy he crap. Um, he needs a pat answer to this question and then yes. move people along.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, I know that what I did was silly, but now I'm an adult. Okay. <laughs> so the second story was um, all about April Apparently accepts Chris's offer to go with him to Indy, to Indianapolis, which we kind of alluded to in the last our last little summary of the right. episode. Um, and Andy says, you got it. Please don't. You got I'll do anything. You, you got to re- you know, please reconsider. So she gives him a, a crap list of all the tasks <laughs> she hates to do. And he's just like done like he doesn't even hesitate and he does them all. And, and Ron, who is obviously, you know, curmudgeon and doesn't care at all, you know, helps help helps him do the list because, you know. He secretly cares. Yeah, he didn't um, lose April either. <laughs> and then the third story was about Chris and, and Anne where Anne is just frustrated. Like she knows Chris is going back to Indianapolis. She doesn't know what this means for them. They haven't talked about it. She doesn't sure. know if she should. She's trying to drop hints. He's not picking up on them. He's just talking about feng shui and other stupid stuff like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, a, a decent episode. I, 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 uh, I think I gave this an eight, Point zero. And you gave this an eight
0: five. Well, Mark, I had in the our list of highlights here, you know, you had given Ben Wyatt MVP of this episode. Well deserved. I think well deserved. I mean, because this is really, you know, it, it's not like a total Ben backstory flashback per se, because we've gotten the little nuggets of that ever since he's kind of been introduced but in lots of ways we we really they kind of came together here. We really kind of get Ben now and I think he feels like one of ours at this point or is really starting to.
1: I would agree with that. I mean, I think from the very beginning when they very first introduced Ben, I thought that they did a pretty good job of quickly showing us his interesting quirks and nuances, but here they turned it up to 11 and kind of like we saw, like we, I think we've said before, we've had some episodes like flu season where people are clearly not at their best. Which is awesome material for comedy. It is. This is such a thing for Ben. Yeah, and I really
0: liked it. You know. No, that's a great point. Well, Mark, I think we identified five or we identified six tropes, and five of them were Ben centric. <laughs> uh, we had Bam Ben awkward moments. Yelp. We had our PBB punching bag Ben. We haven't had so many of those. Right. Uh, we had an ice town clown. Right. Uh, we had Ben mugs to the camera. At right. BMC. Uh, my one of my favorites, a bidgie, a bidgie, uh-huh, which is Ben, ben doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it. So, <laughs> and I think you pointed out that a lot of these are like
1: almost go hand in hand every single yeah, time. They, like they, if, if yeah, if he, he usually get
0: an awkward with a bidgie, and you know,
1: or yeah, or if he doesn't get it, it might follow by him just mugging to, mugging the, camera to the camera and you know what's going on. Yeah,
0: we also had a cra- crazy Ira and the douche introduced in this episode by yep. Matt Besser and Nick Kroll. Yep. Uh, you know Ben just constantly melting down, uh, and then at the the very end, the, we, we see this great flashback <laughs> of how badly it actually went when he was on Purge show. Yeah, and he's like Purged happily, <laughs> more like, like Turd Crapply.
1: <laughs> Still one of my
0: favorite <laughs> lines. And then finally we had some April and Andy. Uh, you know highlights. You know Andy does all this stuff on April's crap list. Right, and then he's like, What am I doing tomorrow? And she just she just giggles and then just gives him a kiss. She gives in like, that's it for her.
1: Well, and, and, you know, in in classic, you know, sitcom, will they, won't they? You know, it's you can either get it over with quickly or you can have a nice slow burn. Yeah, I I, even if they had made this last a little bit longer, I still felt like it was a fun little ride just to kind of see them. Okay, he kind of worked for it and now they're. They're kind of there. It was
0: the right length. It was rewarding in that we waited a little. It wasn't an immediate, you know, just take it and run with it payoff. Right. But we didn't wait four seasons for it to happen either.
1: Right, right. Exactly. Very nice.
0: All right, Mark. Well, I think that about does it for Media Blitz. Did we miss anything? Nope. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Well, then let's move on to season three, episode six, Indianapolis. This first aired on February 24th, 2011, was written by Katie Dippold and directed by Randall Einhorn. Yep. Well, Mark, in this one, we had basically, I think, two storylines at a high level, two different locations throughout the episode. But each of them had a number of subplots I think you'd pointed out when we did this episode. You know, uh, first, we've got, you know, uh, I think you called the first one commendations and cheating and stakes. Oh, Oh my. Oh, my. (laughs) I love it. Uh, You know, Leslie and Ron head to Indianapolis to receive this accommodation, uh, you know, for reviving the Pawnee Harvest Festival. Right. So I think it's a bit of an excuse to get them to Indianapolis and to Chris's apartment. That's probably true. I liked it. Yeah. And so, you know, really, Chris is ever since Chris has returned to Indianapolis um and thinks he's cheating so it's yeah. one of the storylines Yep. ron is really looking forward on going to this trip really only there's <laughs> nothing to do with this metal <laughs> no. he wants to go to his favorite steakhouse in the world Mulligan mulligan's steakhouse Yep, but we find out wah, 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 it's sadly been permanently closed <laughs> there it is yep. there it is and uh Wackiness ensues, yep. of course, and
1: those all took place at the in, the quote unquote Indianapolis location.
0: That is correct. Right. Yep, and then back in Pawnee, we've got basically Ben entrepreneur. Sorry, we've got entrepreneur Tom. Who really has intentions of selling his new cologne Tummy, Tummy fresh, fresh to Dennis Feinstein at the Snake Hole Lounge. That's right. Yep. And then we've got, you know, April and Andy go to the Snake Hole Lounge. Andy's broke and embarrassed, but they have fun anyway. Yeah. And they get really creative, you know, finding ways to have fun without <laughs> a lot of money. Yep. Enjoyed that. Remind me of my youth <laughs> and you know, last week, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Ben almost doesn't go to the snake hole lounge that night because, right. you know, he he's really kind of still in a little bit of shell shock, I think, from all this media exposure he's had. But, you know, he goes and he, the gang assures him that they are his friends and it ends up being worth it at the end. So And, and I think also
1: for Ben there, just if you if you if he looks back at his job uh, over, you know, he's been, a, a, you know, an accountant numbers type guy who has slashed people's budget. Yeah. And he not only hasn't made friends because, you know, boob and we don't want people to slash our budget, but he's forced. By his job to go from town to town, like he's basically a drifter. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he believes that he's going to be around to make friends.
0: I, I think he's got a short term attitude.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yes. Mark, I missed that you, you, your, your byline, your, 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 you know, your title for this subplot was Tommy Fresh, yes. Dating When Broke, yes. and Ben with Friend of Fits. <laughs> yeah. So good. I had to, I had to make sure we didn't miss that.
1: <laughs> How about well, highlights, Mark? Well, I think that, uh, my, my MVP, I was going to give it to Ron Swanson because oh my gosh, Mulligan Steakhouse yeah. I, and I'm a Ron fanboy, I yeah. self-admit it, yeah, but yeah. the Mulligan Steakhouse uh, storyline and angle was so funny to me. I, I very nearly just had to give it to Ron Swanson hands down. I, I decided... Well, Chris tried to cook
0: him a portobello mushroom I instead. I know.
1: What in the devil's <laughs> name is this? Um, but I, I wanted to give the MVP title the, the trophy, if you will, a tie between Ron Swanson and what I thought was a very sweet uh april andy pairing mm. um which is a nice little segue yeah. for me to say that this was the first appearance of janet snakehole that's right but really just in in name like it, it wasn't her yeah. personality changed i think to something quite frankly we were like we like a little bit better but yeah but it, it counts it's canon right it does um I know this was originally going to be Rob Lowe's last episode. We've talked about that a lot, and uh, but it wasn't. So yay for that! Um, I uh, I I love the the Ron uh, meme moment, which I think was kind of near the end of the episode. He's at the diner, and my God, he's hungry. And he tells the guy, "Give me all of the bacon and eggs you have." Which I mean, come on, how is that not funny? What are you a robot? Yeah. Um,
0: Now wait a second. I'm worried that what you heard was, "Bring me lots of (laughs) eggs and eggs, lots of bacon and eggs." Bring yeah. me all that you have. Do you understand?
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and just a thumbs up, real quick, to Jason Manzukis as a, yeah, as Dennis yeah. Finster. He's always funny in everything <sighs> I've ever seen him in.
0: I just saw his final appearance on Brooklyn 99 which I know you're working your way towards. Yeah, him. he's just always funny. Oh, for remember sure. Remember him from the League? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We got to get him on this show. So Remembering
1: that's man. where I first saw him. Wh- yeah. Was on the League. Such a such a funny that's show. Right. Um, and then and then this one, it got a decent score from uh, both. Of us, we both scored it an 8.5. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad.
0: So what do you think? Is that good coverage? Do we cover everything for that? No, I think that about covers it, Mark. Um, should we move on into season three, episode seven, Harvest Festival? Yeah.
1: Harvest Festival. Wow. You talk about a big episode. Holy cow. It was so big. It's another one where
0: you cheated, as I recall. We'll it was another
1: one. We, we just, yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to my sins in just a second. Um, we have to have a podcast just for that. Um, so yeah, this one was so chock a Full of goodness, we had to split this sucker into two podcasts. We and did. And we it, did a part
0: one and a part two, and we, we, remember, we did a lot of other stuff along with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: We 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 featured uh, interview clips from the great Mo Collins on yeah. part, and part one. one and part two. The, the second one there, uh, we featured Jay Jackson. That's right. Um, so this this guy Harvest Festival um, first aired March seventeenth. Uh, 2011. It was written by Dan Gore, who we know from Brooklyn Nine Nine yep. and several other things, and directed by Dean Holland. Um, and holy cow, th- this was kind of the 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 climax, as we've alluded to, of this seven story arc, and it was just fantastic. Yeah. There, I had them as as having three main storylines. The first one was really just about the Harvest Festival proper, if you will, and. Ape and, and Leslie's trying to pull It off uh, a newcomer To our screen at least although we know Him from other stuff Ken Hotate John Redcorn yeah um, <laughs> he warns Leslie of a curse Leslie rents famous uh, Celebrity Little Sebastian but then they Proceed to lose him so holy crap And a crap cracker you know Joan Calamezzo and Pert Hapley are there The 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 media is, is, is swarming Like vultures they're trying to look for like negative Angles because you know that plays better um, And then Ben actually thinks maybe he is the curse when things start going awry, you know, because of what happened with Ice Town. Um, th- the second storyline was kind of simple and short, but, but very sweet nonetheless. April opens up April, of all people, and yes. says I love you to Andy who says, just I want to slap, I just want to go back in time and slap him every time I hear every this. Time. Dude, Dude, that is awesome, awesome sauce. sauce. And April mad, and she should be. I'm mad with her. Yeah. But, you know, it turns out well. In the and then the, the third storyline, which uh, I think I, I entitled Use Him, Abuse Him, Lose Him, was, uh, uh, you know, a classic uh, uh, Donna and Buddy Cop story. No, no, it's not. Yes. They're, they're in the medical tent. Um, and the, so Donna's trying to give uh, Anne, I think, the advice of good old Grammy Meagle, if I remember sure. right. And then uh, Jersey Shore wannabe dude enters and then Anne decides, oh, do I want to make out with them? And I, yes, I think I do. And that's kind of how that wraps up. Uh, but Well, holy you know, crap. Grammy
0: Meagle, she went, seeing between two 30-year-olds, Mark, so she knows what she's talking about.
1: There's not a better sandwich. You can't go to a sub shop and get that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. What, uh, What are we looking at for highlights, man? Well, there were a lot of them, Mark. You know, I, episode MVP, you gave to Leslie nope Yeah. I, there's no one you could have given it to. You didn't try one of your silly 19-way ties. Here. I,
1: I didn't, although I do have to say there's no one in this episode that did a bad job. Like, it was, not everybody was
0: really good. They were on their game. Well, we'll get to our scores in a second. But one of the reasons mm. we gave it such a high score generally was it's another one of those episodes where they really use the bench well.
1: Yeah. At least
0: well enough that you're not distracted by, oh, where where was Jerry? Where was Donna? Where was, you know, Ann or whoever? With, with and, one slight exception. Yeah. And, and you yeah, pointed, I it, pointed out. it out. Yeah. yeah Chris ahead. is not in this episode. I so. know. Well, and again, we know why. We know that it was functionally. They, they really thought Rob Lowe was leaving the show. Yep. And the way they shot the season, the way they did lots of things here, there was reason to believe that he wasn't going to be here. And so he comes back the very next episode. Right. But we don't know that yet in yeah. Fest. So, yeah. Um, it was by design. It wasn't because they forgot to give him lines. That's right. right. I, I would have been much more annoyed had he been there and only had a single line. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, when he right. ran out of the corn and said hi and then left, you know. Right. Which they've been wont to do from time to time when they run out of stuff. What other highlights do we have? You know, we, this, again, we had so much going on here. There's like you said, we broke this into two parts, two parts. Um, you know, we had a fantastic ending to this seven story arc. Um, which started in Go Big or Go Home. That's really right. really ends here, gets supported, you know, and propped up along the way, even in Media Blitz, where obviously that whole episode is about preparing for the, what's going to happen in, in this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, great guest stars, as you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um, love the reenactment sequence, you know. Of where the animation. The animation, you know, <laughs> where,
1: <laughs> where. He does the dance and then the ghost uh, go and her head turns
0: around and then she's so a skull. Good. Yeah. It's so good. I would say, you know, we had <laughs> lots. Lots of firsts in this episode as well. Um, little Sebastian. Oh, Ken yeah. Taté. Yeah. April and Andy telling each other that they love each other. Which, yeah. you know, Kind of mini spoiler. Andy does wake up and by the episode, the end of part two of our <sighs> episode yeah. has told her, you know. The I yeah I said awesome sauce but the reason that I said that is because it's awesome because I love you that's what makes the sauce so awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah so just really really good well written and and I think on character I think that's another thing I agree it's really important that the writers get the character right and occasionally they haven't in this one everything's just dialed right in. I, I do really
1: like it. I, I think I made this point and it, it could just be me, but I really love it that Ben is like, I think of Ben like our control group because hmm. we, the listeners or the enjoyers of this show are not Pawneans. And it's fun for us to go, you know yeah. what? We love you, but you guys are nuts. And to see one of us Through in Ben's there eyes, and going, yeah. Ben's one of us, a yeah. normal person, so yeah. to speak. Well not normal maybe, but you know, not upon Ian. And it's fun to see it through his filter, like what is it's a mini horse.
0: What's going on? Someone <laughs> explain this to me. Yeah. Well, and 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 in a way, while I did say, you know, Ben is now one of the gang and that's true. He still kind of has and still will represent that outsider point of view for quite a while.
1: And I think that's okay.
0: I think it's okay. I think you need someone like that. Yeah. When you've got someone who's so, uh, you know, driven and obsessed with Pawnee and all things Pawnee like, like, like Leslie is. You need a Ben for balance. I completely agree. Yeah. So it's really ironic that they're going to, you know. Maybe those two kids might get together. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And I think we had kind of made this point before. Maybe they had it
1: in their minds that they're going to try to kind of balance her with Anne. And that works kind of. But yeah. Anne, I don't think, is ever going to care as much about politics as Leslie. Not at all. She cares about Leslie. Yeah. And she will deal with politics She'll stuff do because of her. But I don't yeah. think it's like in her blood. No. Yeah. Agreed. Know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: She only does it because she's doing it for Leslie.
1: Um, we there are two other things that I wanted to make yeah. note of here. Yeah. One is that the, the ridiculous town hall mural yeah. of the traveling magician and burned at the stake,
0: and the rabbit, mm-hmm. the
1: poor damn rabbit, and which, by the way, that mural was only in the producer's cut. That's true, and that was the thing for me ah. that got me in hot water with the upper brass here at uh, LFP Worldwide <sighs> Headquarters. Because yeah, do tell we us want, what you did. Do now. we want to reveal our scores now? Is that yeah, what yeah, we want yeah, to do? Yeah. So, <laughs> Alan gave it a nine point five, which is a very great score. But, and, but
0: let me say this: uh, I was so <laughs> tempted to give it a ten. Uh-huh. I, I had said at the time, and you already mentioned it. If Chris had been in this episode, yeah, I think it would have been a ten. I like. I just I felt like that That's was just such a good missing. episode. It was so close. And because we have a rule mark, yeah, I like rules. We have rules. Rules tell us we our rules of, of engagement are that we can give scores and half point intervals.
1: Yeah. That's what those rules. And then what'd you do? Well, I just, I just broke those rules. So what (laughs) happened, look folks, what happened is, uh, there, there's a simpler and much more regal explanation Mm. for this. And that's that I'm a brazen coward, which is what I admitted there because.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to say cowboy, but no, no,
1: no, 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 no no, coward. Uh, (laughs) Because I, I gave those. And again, there's the, the broadcasted episode and then there's the producer's cut to be clear. That's true. Now. And
0: we reviewed the producer's cut for this podcast. Yeah.
1: And, and I have given, uh, separate scores to the aired version versus the producers cut in the past. And I wanted appropriate
0: half point intervals
1: (laughs) And I wanted to do so here, but I was so a skeered that I gave it a nine five for the aired episode. And then the producers cut, I, I mean, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't say we're at the Zenith. We're at the mountaintop. I just, I, I got too scared and I gave it a 9.75, which, you know, I thought was very brave of me. Alan. it was very brave, but apparently I thought that, but apparently the upper brass doesn't think that. And that's no. why I don't have a parking space anymore. You lost here. Your parking spot. I sure did. At yeah. least for a while. So go yeah. figure, but still,
0: Who, I who's did, got your parking spot right now.
1: It's a, it's, it's Constantine. <laughs> don't, He's he, look. His ego is big enough right now. I know. That, but but I will say this. I I thought, and I think you'd agree with me on this. Yeah. The producer's cut was as close to a ten as you and I have seen.
0: Even, Absolutely.
1: Even though you handled it, even though you handled it correctly and you scored it correctly, I, it, it's still this is like the highest we've seen so far. But the
0: irony for me, Mark, is I did like this episode better than flu season. And I loved flu season. So it's really difficult for me not to give it a better score. But the only score that's better, playing by the rules, is a perfect score. And I'm just struggling with that right now.
1: Alan, what I hear you saying is that I'm actually a visionary.
0: (laughs) Is that what you're hearing?
1: I'm a visionary without a parking space. (laughs) That's exactly what I hear you saying.
0: So, All right. Well, Mark, I think that moves us into season three, episode eight, Camping. Yep. Yep. And this is the most recent full episode we've reviewed. Yep. This first aired on March 24th, 2011. It was written by Aisha Murar, directed by Rob Schraub. Yep. This one had three principal storylines. The first one, Mark, I think you called it the next big thing. That's right. Yep. Chris comes back as acting city manager after Ugh. Paul Oresco has a heart attack. Awkward. And awkwardly grabs Leslie's boob on Yelp. the way down. Leslie organizes a camping trip to brainstorm her next big ideal because yeah. that's kind of something that. Paul starts in motion and Chris just takes and runs with it. Doesn't really and, go well. And uh, Ron forces Leslie to take a little bit of a rest, a well-deserved one.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, it doesn't exactly go as they, uh, no. as cleanly as she
0: wanted it to. No, it does not. Man. Yeah, That's the, the hilarity ensues, Mark. Yep. We had the second storyline you titled Chris Traeger's Back. And, and you're, you're gonna, gonna be in trouble. Tra- See?
1: Tell yeah, me that's not catchy. with
0: me. I know it. <laughs> I hate you. Um, and feels a little weird that Chris is back and has some awkward exchanges with him. You know, Chris shows up for on a nightly jog and coming out of the woods and they later they have talk they talk and they have dinner and andris misreads his signals again and tries to kiss him i can't completely we talked about this i can't i can't I read the signals the same way. I was ready to kiss
1: him. See, that's just. I, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. And not only do I do, I think it's not all her fault.
0: I'm yeah. kind of thinking it's mostly his fault. Well, again, cr- it's this whole positive thing. He's just so freaking positive. He doesn't he he does a bad job of kind of letting people down. That
1: that and being what do we call a
0: stupid handsome Stupid
1: handsome? Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And then our th- third and final storyline here was marked entitled The Camper of Love.
1: They call me the space cowboy. They uh. call me the camper of love. And I remember
0: on this one, I, I correctly stated there were two storylines and you said three, but I gave you this one, the third storyline, only because of the Space Cowboy Camper of the Love. The strength of the title. Yes. Like, Alone.
1: Like, was it? Like the phoenix resurrected from the ashes, <laughs> the Camper of Love saved this because it, it's really is kind of a yeah. sub story. It was. But.
0: And I felt bad you had to walk so far from the parking lot and you were a little winded. So i let you have it. But in this one, Andy wants April to love camping so much. He sets up a romantic campsite for her. You know, this is on this camping trip that Leslie set up so they can brainstorm, of course. Right. And, uh, you know, he just does it in the wrong place. Many, many <laughs> miles away from where he's supposed to be. This spends right. the rest of the episode trying to get there, And him. hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. As That's right. Yes. Mark, what were our highlights in this guy?
1: My MVP, if I recall, was uh, Leslie Nope. I thought it was
0: DJ Roomba, but maybe it was likely.
1: I do love me some DJ Roomba. So yeah, we got DJ Roomba in the in the his house in the whole uh, Thunderdome Sky Mall tent of Tom's. That. Which yeah. I, it, I tell you, if I'm going to go camping, that's not a bad way I'm to gonna go. I'm going to spend twelve
0: grand on a tent <laughs> and supplies from Sky Mall and enjoy myself. Yes.
1: And the biggest uh, dog couch you've ever seen. Yes. Um,
0: well, big enough for Tom anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're <good>. I don't <laughs> think they make one big enough for me. Um, and how could you not like? Holy cow, Elsa
0: in the quiet corn. How weird, but funny. Well, Mark, you know, breakfast is served from 5.30 a.m. to 6.15 a.m. And April says, well, what if we just wanted to have breakfast at a normal time? And Elsa says, well, that would be rude, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be very rude. And April would like, April looks
1: at the camera as if to say "gzinksbo." Uh-huh. <laughs> she's kind of stunned. And then does it does out. it Ron uh, uh, follow up with the great thing because he's oh, saying, yeah. you know, you will have your choice because she's yeah. listening this this breakfast. Oh, and yeah. I got
0: to tell you, dry wheat toast. It's not
1: at yeah. first. It wasn't the worst thing I'd ever heard because she says hard boiled egg. Yeah. not bad. And it's all right. Dried tomato slices. Yes, I'm still with you. Mm-hmm. And then German muffin. Mm-hmm. Pause. The beep is a German muffin. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> what else? I
0: how oh, well you... she's got a thir- about thirty cats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is that 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 place is chock full of cats and yeah. dogs and uh, lots of baroque music. Yeah, she got a
0: harpsichord.
1: And we we, we see it that, that we see at the end that was the funniest thing. Jerry's in seventh heaven, listening oh. to her play "Ode to Joy." Pet in
0: a cat. Yeah. Kind of rocking back and forth, really enjoying it. Ben looks like he he's got to get out of the room to save his life. He's
1: like a cornered animal that's desperately like struggling and looking around, almost crazed. And then he like he can't get out. No. And the cat says, "Yeah, oh, yeah, you sit back down there. You get the what for?" Um, and
0: then the final talking head. Yeah, oh, oh. yeah, she died twenty <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, how awful but funny. Death should
1: not be that funny, but that one was. And something I'm always going to remember too is when they're they're camping and and they remember when Ron kind of draws them all in oh. for the ghost story. And even though it was her own private vehicle, she realized she had to take it in for a state inspection. And he looks around like real menacingly at <laughs> everybody. So so funny. It's your
0: classic hook story. It is. It's a hook. It
1: was so good. Um and that's when Chris Traeger comes tromping through the bushes and scares uh. him. So Alan, you and I scored that respectable score, I think, of 8.0 yeah, each.
0: Solid episode.
1: It It is. And it's, it's a shame when we almost feel bad, or at least I kind of do, I when know. we score it a 7.5 or 8. It's like, oh, my gosh, is that a slap in the face? No, it's not. It These really are awesome it. episodes. These are yeah. just – they're surrounded by really, really, really good ones. Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, I think it's like everything. You've got to have peaks and valleys in the, the, the experience because if everything were throttled up the whole time, I think you would lose something. So I actually don't think it's a bad thing to have a an eight instead of a 9.5 every week, personally.
1: Alan, if if syndrome <laughs> from the Incredibles has taught us anything, anything at all,
0: if everybody is incredible, then Nobody's no one incredible. is. Yep. Yeah, it's true. It's where I take my Thank life lessons. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ja- Jason uh, <laughs> Lee. Jason Lee. The, the the son of the great, Whatever. great uh, Stanley. My name is Earl Jason Lee. <laughs> I I really don't think he's related to the Great Stanley. He
1: is. Oh, blasphemy.
0: No, I know. I know he is. (laughs) Most people don't realize that, though. That's the funny part.
1: Well, you know, you and I were talking about this off air. He really doesn't make a big deal out of his connection to his, I mean, pretty famous father, I would say, in a way.
0: I think it probably got him as one of his first movie roles, I'm going to guess. In uh, Mallrats? Mallrats, Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Could yeah. Have certainly put him on Kevin's radar. I guarantee it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So. Yep. yep. And and I bet, I'm just going to speculate. Now, I mean, obviously, you turned out to be a great actor. But if I'm Kevin, I'm going to get this guy in my movie so I can meet his dad.
1: Yeah. Here's a couple throwaway lines, Banky. Now, yeah. bring on Stan Lee. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're a great actor. I'm not I
0: saying hear- I have ever done anything like that, but I'm just saying.
1: I want to hear it. Well, weren't you the guy that met the famous Michael Rooker? Who Uh, also uh, starred in
0: uh, Mallrats? Well, yeah, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Whatever. Pratt guy. Yeah. Meeting, that's strong. I said hi to him at a convention. You stalked him. I stalked him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's a restraining order. (laughs) Well, Mark, you know, that really does it for us in terms of we've reviewed the first eight episodes of season three. That's our halfway point. That's right. You mentioned at the top that we might just say a, a little bit and we won't say much, but... What are your thoughts?
1: I was trying to I was trying to think about how I was going to answer this because I realized I kind of hoisted myself by my own Picard here. Sure, yeah. But but I I think love that show. I think me, too. Uh, and he was the Professor X, too. And um, but I, I think Nerd. I think that in a lot of ways, when you look at it from a critical angle and want to say something, you know, deep and profound about it, it's easier to comment on season two in a way only because. You can I can see a little bit more of the show's journey as they get better and better and better. Well, and, and, and we've and, done the whole season and we've done the whole season. That's true. So what I would say about season three, this is going to sound like such a weenie answer, but I am going to stick with yeah, it is with it. season three is so almost annoyingly, freakishly strong, like with all their episodes. They're so good. It's almost like. Describing it from a critical point of view is boring because all I can say is awesome sauce and then I'm kind of done. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's not really fair because I think that they did a great job. We've said this several times. I'll say it one more time. They did a great job introducing Chris and Ben. I feel like they're really strong cast members. And, you know, uh, Paul Schneider, as much as I love you, I, I, I kind of think that these two are a better fit. So I I get it. And I feel like this worked really, really well. And, you know, I, I think I've commented again, they've really mastered the craft of spreading everyone's time amongst their, as I keep on saying, their deep comedic bench. Um, and it's just so, it's so much fun to just watch an episode to be in the. Pawnee, the Parks and Rec universe. It's just fun being there with these people and just like, you know, having the stories happen. And then if 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 the yuck yucks, if the ha ha moments happen, that's just gravy on top of it. I just like being in this world with these people. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like that's what this just continues to do better and better than any of the previous seasons. I know season one was almost you know, just six episodes. It's almost fair right. not to compare it. But yeah. um, so that's kind of my thoughts. What do you think? Uh,
0: very similar. I, I think you can look at the growth. If you plot it our scores and and really generally what what generally how these episodes have been reviewed um because i don't think we've been that far off of anybody else we, we haven't been really out on a limb i think we went a little lower in season one than some of the real critics did so to speak um really because we adopted that principle of if you're going to have a 10 you must have a one right yeah. and so we were trying to really represent that um you know if i was going to rescore anything i think in a in a vacuum i might give a few of the season 1 episodes a slightly higher score because of that but overall you can see a trajectory from season 1 to here and it's just a, it's an upward ramp really it really is um we're now we're at this zenith of of what's come to date and i'm very curious what's going to happen as we review the rest of season 3 mm-hmm. season 4 season 5 and 6 and a short season 7 yeah right yeah if you look at our scores in this first eight episodes, the lowest was by you as a 7.5. Right. So right. and then we both had a couple of nine point fives, although you cheated. But um, and, and I
1: think we pointed out that that the ones that were so I'm going to take it from my perspective, that the two of the eight episodes that I scored the lowest followed the two episodes that I scored the highest. And maybe Mm -hmm. there's something psychological about that where it's like, okay, I don't want to have to follow this this tremendous like who wants to follow Harvest Festival or who wants to follow flu season? Not me. But and it doesn't it doesn't mean they're bad, but meh, it's like like syndrome
0: says, they can't all be that incredible. That's a good point. But they're still good. All right. Well, Mark, I think we should uh, go ahead and move on if that's all right with you. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you about something. I saw you in the parking lot the other day. You know, of course, you were catching up to me and Constantine in in our good spaces. and, And I got a call and I had to walk off to the side a little bit there. But you guys seem to be deep in conversation about something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a muckety muck with a great parking space. And uh, he—he's you know, no longer our unpaid intern. He's now our <clears throat> unpaid producer. Right. And uh, so he should be doing producery things.
0: Well, that's right, Mark. I, and yeah, thanks for reminding me. I apologize. I in the confusion of this morning and watching you walk, you know, from that the auxiliary parking lot. I, I Totally forgot about this. But yeah. Yeah. No, he, Constantine came back to us and uh, he took our challenge. Yeah. And he told me this morning that. He's got a new bit for our show. Okay. He's got a new feature for our show called Constantine's Corner. Oh, nice. Yeah. He told me this like on Wednesday. And I said, that's great, Constantine. What is that? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> so I said, all right, fine. Look, you've got a couple more days until we record the podcast. Right. Come back to me. Right. So I saw him early this morning. We were getting some coffee over at the coffee maker. Good, good. Uh, the espresso maker. Yeah. You know, yeah. And over the, the, the really loud foam whipping sound, he <laughs> described to me his idea for Constantine's Corner. And he said, it's, it's going to be a little different each time. Oh, OK. Or at least sometimes. And the first installment he wants to do is called Late to the Party. Okay. Late to the party. I like that. And I'm like, well, okay, that sounds great. What is that? And I expected him to say he needed a few more days. But in fact, right. he actually had an idea. I'm I'm all a Twitter and a flutter. Well, so you know how stuff gets in the zeitgeist, Mark? Um, <clears throat> we might want to get a dictionary,
1: but I think I know the thing that popular you mean. Popular culture,
0: yes. Mark, and you know how stuff gets in the popular culture? Oh, do I? Well, so we, we said, what if...
1: Right. Yeah. 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 See I see that. I see this. the connection. Yeah. I think.
0: what if we did a little bit occasionally where Constantine would give us a, a nugget from the zeitgeist mm-hmm. and, and we would feature on late to the party where we get to talk a little bit about a couple other shows out there other than Parks and Rec, at least for a few minutes about, hey, have you seen. X. And what do you think of it? Oh, interesting. Yeah. There are a ton of other great shows. I know you and I are watching and uh, I asked Constantine what his idea for the first thing we should cover was and he said he didn't have one. Oh, So I I thought if we wanted to run with this, you and I could just pick a show and then talk about it for a couple minutes and then get back into this episode. Well, you know, I like
1: to support Constantine however I can, especially if it's going to be up to him to give me back my parking
0: space. So yeah, you know what? Let's try this. What do you think? I I, I love it. Um I, I'd say, you know, uh w- you know, we have a tendency to talk, Mark. I don't know if you know this about us. <laughs> I have noticed that, yeah. in fact. And the editors continually complain. So I think we need to mm. keep it a little bit short. Yeah. And then we'll come to a natural conclusion and we'll move on. But the 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 show I wanted to recommend for us to do this was this new show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. Mm. We've been watching this mm-hmm. and I'd say the 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 Allen's family is really enjoying this. <laughs> The Allen's family. Well, Did maybe we team? should tee this up. So m- only murders in the building. Right. We've got Steve Martin. Wonderful. Martin Short. Wonderful. Selena Gomez. Yes. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> you're already going to be picking fights with some people I know. I'm going to keep my daughter away from you. No, here. I just, it's an <clears throat> affirmative that she is a thing. She she is in the show. Yeah. And and depending on who you ask, she's awesome. Mm. So anyway, uh, the the premise is that these three podcasters, Mark, and that's why I chose this show. I thought it'd be a nice little tie-in. Oh, yes. Podcast fans, let's say it that way. They they all find out that they're all interested in the same podcast. Yes. In happenstance as they meet each other in the building. It's like true crime. Yeah, they're into the, the murdery type podcast. And yeah. I suppose that's a thing for some people. Mm. But yeah, lots of people apparently. But they find out they have this thing in common Around the same time, someone in their building is murdered, and they decide to launch a podcast to talk about the investigation. Mm. So that's generally the premise of the show.
1: Wow! Yeah. Well, I I, I have watched uh, the the pilot of this, and yeah. what'd you think? I, I was I was not a fan, I got to say, because I, I, first of all, the cast is wonderful. Uh, I, I love uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short. I, I honestly am not that familiar with Selena Gomez. I mean, I, I just haven't watched a whole bunch of stuff with her, but she's fine. I had well, no problem with her. I think it's fair to
0: her. say she's not like a career actress at this point. This is one of her first big things as an actor.
1: Right, right. Yeah. But but Steve Martin, Martin Short, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I love those guys. And yet- It's two thirds of the Amigos. I know, I know. And yet- I just feel like – I, I think that in my mind, I think the problem was I wanted it to be funny. Yeah. And it's like it was kind of ironic
0: funny mm. and it was like now something needs to happen that I like and it just didn't. So, Mark, clearly you're basing this initial opinion on having watched all the episodes that have aired and being totally up to date.
1: Oh, no, no. Oh, heavens, no. I I based it on watching the pilot and then crying in the corner with pizza because I really wanted to like it and I didn't. What what do you think?
0: Well, I think generally when you see a headline, it's interesting to read the whole story. (laughs) That's overrated, but whatever. Okay. (laughs) You're one of those people. Uh, Yeah. Um, I, we've watched all of them. We caught up last night. So I think we're, I think there have been five episodes today to date to, as of now, as of this recording, if I'm not mistaken. And I will tell you this, um, like a lot of good shows, Mark, mm-hmm. and I'll just mention one, just, just picked it right out of the air. Top of my head, mm-hmm. Parks and Recreation mm-hmm. it has a bit of a rough start and then gets a lot better pretty quickly. So yeah. all I'm saying is. Maybe even based on the show that you and I podcast about ourselves, mm. maybe you should give this show another chance.
1: It's almost like irony is stalking me in that comment. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? That That's a fair point. My only counterpoint, and then I'll let this go, is that even Parks and Rec in the beginning was decent. We're only saying it got a rough start when compared to itself. Um, I, I think I just wanted Steve Martin and Martin Short so badly to be funny, and instead it was more like, Oh, this is kind
0: of interesting. Like it's more hmm than ha ha. I will say that the ha ha picks up a little bit, and it's 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 not the reason to watch the show. Mm, okay, um, it's interesting that they did choose Martin Short and Steve Martin for this, and that the the humor is a little droll at times, and I think it works really well for Selena Gomez and her the way she, she projects, um, you expect them just be laugh out loud, funny though. And, and so far the, they'll, they'll start to turn that up a little bit. I think by the time you're in the fifth or so episode, you'll actually see quite a bit more. I'm just recommending you mm. stick with it and then maybe you stick with it. I'll stick with it. And then in a few weeks we'll revisit and see what we think. And you know what? That's a fair statement. All right. You're on. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, Mark, you know, that's enough on the other thing. Uh, the, what are we calling this Constant, bit again? Uh, late to the party. Late to the party. That's I like right. that. Yeah. Uh, trademark Alan and Mark stuff. <laughs> You're such a lawyer. All right, Mark. All right. Well, we'll see how that turns out. All right. I, I agree. We will see how that turns out. <laughs> well, Mark, should we move into, I know we're going to try and do a small mailbag as part of our big grab bag issue. Here. That's right. Uh, you got one for us? I do.
1: I do. This is some uh, some feedback that we got uh, a while back from a, a, a viewer. Uh, I prefer to think of them as that. I don't yeah, care what the Switzerland place is there. Um, <laughs> this is Carly. Carly B. We'll keep the last name yeah. uh, anonymous. Carly B. And uh, she says, hi, Mark and Alan. I found live from Pawnee by chance on Spotify and I've binged through the majority of your episodes. Oh, thanks. Very nice. I know. Uh, oh, listen to this. Your podcast is well produced, well paced, and I love the attention to detail you put
0: into your analyses. That's really nice. I know. We I, should stop I, there. It's fair to say. Well, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Um, uh, we do put a little effort into the show. We so do. it nice to
1: be recognized. We do. We do. Um, Parks and Rec is hands down the best sitcom. I can't argue Agreed. with that. I, I've watched the series multiple times in the past two years. Uh, heavily identify with Ron Swanson and Chris <laughs> Traeger, which good, good choices. Yep. Um interesting, she says uh, if it's not too heavy of a question, how do you think Leslie Nope and the gang would have handled the last five years of today's political climate? Okay. And then she says, thanks for everything you do. I can't wait to
0: follow along. All the best, Carly. Thanks, Carly. Well, that's a that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, for me, the first thing that comes to mind, it's hard not to recognize. And of course, we haven't reviewed these episodes in our coverage of Parks and Rec yet. You know, we're halfway through season three. But, you know, we know Leslie, uh, at least at this point, I think enjoys looking at Joe Biden. She thinks he's a handsome man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she's going to meet him in the series. And then, of course, in in IRL, as the kids say, you know, he kind of became the president guy there, uh, you know, ultimately. But this five years she's talking about was was the other president. Right, right, right. In that political climate. So we don't get too political on the show, but I would say it's interesting to consider that – it would have been tough for some of them at times.
1: I mean, the the easy go to, I suppose, is, you know, we've talked in the past about how uh, Ron and Leslie are sometimes on opposite sides yeah. of issues. Yeah. I think that this would be um, no exception. The The thing that that really endears not to get too sappy here, but the thing that really endears me to Ron and Leslie are. They they respect and like each other so, so much, even though sometimes each of them thinks the other is 10 ways to nuts Yeah, that, you know, I, I know I it's it's tough to have a two party system like we do and not kind of I mean to have discussions. I mean, it's tough, yeah. but I love the way that they do it, even though I'm sure they get on each other's nerves. I think that they would find a way to coexist, which is Kind of a big deal.
0: I think what we've seen in the show, and obviously Carly's watched the show through twice just in the last two years, right. is that no matter they, – they might have a fight. They might disagree for a while. But I think at the end of it, two things are going to happen. They're going to come back together, and they're probably going to drink whiskey in, in Ron's office.
1: And slash or – Celebrate with breakfast food that they're not fighting
0: anymore. Fair enough. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) maybe both. both, Yeah. (laughs) I like that. No, I agree. And and I appreciate the question. I think, you know, it's really hard to know exactly. I think this show generally tried to keep it light and tried to keep it funny. And that's one of the reasons that it has been a good pressure valve In this time period that Carly's talking about, one of the reasons we got back into the show and certainly one of the reasons, uh, you know, that we launched the, you know, uh, a podcast in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for the question, Carly. Absolutely. Well, Mark, I've got one here if it's okay to move on to it. Yeah, go for it. Mine's from Ryan B. Oh. Weird. Yeah. Maybe they're related. Maybe. Yeah. Same last name, B. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, No, no, they're not. But that's okay. They don't have to be related. They both had great questions. I I think this one came uh, as part of a chat that we got through Facebook, as a matter of fact. I had thanked Ryan for, you know, listening to the show he had mentioned he had. And uh, I just said, uh, you know, he said he had a question. I said, sure, what's on your mind? He said, hey, guys, I love the podcast. I'm currently listening to your latest episode, Time Capsule. So this was a little while back. Nice. And I thought I could provide a little information I currently run a community access television station, just like Pawnee Community Television. Nice. And cover tons of local town boards, meetings, and forums. Oh, boy. Ah, nice. Yes. (laughs) Um, As someone with firsthand experience, I can say that Pawnee public forums are pretty darn accurate to the real thing. Oh, wow. Right? Uh, Yeah. I love that. I do, too. We have our, quote, notorious citizens. I love that. That's uh-huh. very polite. Um, we know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> that everybody knows will show up and start arguing about some, something silly or propose absurd solutions to an issue. Um, it's a blast to listen to. So, oh, my gosh. Uh, to me, I love that. So, Ryan, thank you very much for writing in. That's good yeah. to know that the show's on point.
1: I'm am amazed to hear that. I mean I'm I'm sure that Ryan's right. I I don't see how they can have the patience with 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 these knuckleheads. Although I mean I'm sure it is a blast to listen to if you're yeah. not uh dependent on those ideas to then do something after right. the fact, you know, right. if I was just to fly in the wild, I'd be like, give me some popcorn. This is great. This is great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and certainly the citizens of Pawnee do occasionally get a little out there. Right. I mean, there's the guy who always wants to start a chant. It almost doesn't really matter what it is, but he wants to start a chant every meeting. He's fun to watch. Um, there's all, the angry lady. She's always angry about something. Oh, yeah. 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 Didn't Fred Armisen say in his character in Sister City, uh, you know, the, to jail immediately this person goes R- to jail right to
1: jail. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. There's something there. Oh, man. That's funny, yeah. That thank you, Ryan. That that's uh that's some great insight. We like that.
0: Well, you know what's interesting too. I remember we heard a little bit that I think it was maybe in one of the director's commentaries on one of the DVDs, Mark, or perhaps it was in one of the Paley Fest interviews or some one of the forums. Mike Sure addressed this a little bit and said that early in the series they went out and they did some research and they went to a few of these town halls. Oh, I think I did know that. Yeah, yeah. So, but the the town hall stuff is a real thing, Yeah. We've seen a little bit of that here lately in the news as well.
1: So it's not just Pawnee. There's crazy citizens everywhere is the moral of Mark, I like
0: to call them enthusiastic. Oh, that's such a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. They they care deeply. Are you running for office? Is that the deal here? No, no, God, no. (laughs) I would not do that to anybody under any oh, circumstance. Yikes. Well, Mark, I think we also wanted to feature a couple of our podcast reviews. Yeah. Um, you know, we've asked everyone to go out on Apple Podcasts and please give us a review, make it honest, make it constructive. Um, and we wanted to feature a couple of those. Well, Mark, the first one I wanted to bring up was uh, from a user named Someone Who Really Cares 21. This is, uh, was done in September. And it says, Mark and Alan and Mo Collins were a delight. I jumped in on the Mo Collins episode. So, welcome aboard. Yeah. Who really cares 21. We appreciate that. I loved how Mark and Alan were able to get her to reveal so much about her personality and thought processes. It was very cool to learn that much about an actor and a character in the show in what felt like a very effortless way. Oh, so nice. I can't wait to hear more, especially interviews with cast members. Well, us too.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And we're working on that.
1: Well, you know, Alan, we've mentioned this before. I know you especially have have made a point to say this, that we're we're very blessed that we've had so many opportunities to interview, you know, very, very humble, gracious actors and actresses um, who have been willing to give us their time. And, uh, you know, Mo Collins
0: is no exception to that. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Very lucky. And uh we thank Mo and we thank someone who really cares twenty one for your feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm
1: still a little sad that there were twenty someone who really cares that came before this one, but I think <laughs> this one is the best.
0: Well, you know what? I'm glad there are that many people there, Mark.
1: <laughs> That's that many people who really Counterpoint. care. Yes. Well done. Thank Bravo, you. sir. Thank you. All right. Well, I have a, I have a review I kind of wanted to uh, to mention. This is from L. Delmar, and uh, this was from uh, September 15th of this year, um, and uh, they say tens, tens, tens across the board. Oh, thank you. Very nice. Uh, I love this podcast. Even the commercials are hilarious, which I I agree. I like them. Uh, only thing wrong with it. Uh oh, not enough podcast yet. Okay. So, okay. You know, we we'll can we'll, fix that. We'll, we'll, we're, we're working on that. I'm fighting myself not to binge through them and savoring them like a, a good wine or 20 year scotch. Excellent nice. callback. Yes. Uh, keep up the excellent work, guys. Bully for you. Uh, you deserve the. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this. I didn't, I didn't see this before. This is great. You deserve the every time Smurf Woman of the Year award.
0: That's well great. done. Nicely done. Yeah, Thank you so much. That's a good callback to Woman of the Year. Very well. Yes. Yeah. 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 I like Very that. Nice. Thanks. Well, L. Delmar, we really appreciate it. Thank absolutely. you very so much. Mark, I'll wrap us up. You know, I wish they could all be five star positive reviews <laughs> and yet. Me too. Wah, wah, wah. I know. Look, here's the thing, and, and this is the God's honest truth. Um, if you want to give us a one star scathing review, that is absolutely up to you. Um, I hope you don't feel that way. We hope you don't feel that way. Sure. But if you do, um, and you've got something constructive to say, we're going to read it and take it to heart even Absolutely. if you give us one star yeah um if you just want you know and there are other ways to give us feedback if you want to uh influence the show but not necessarily tank our reviews. We'd love to get an email. Or, you can do all that. So you can leave us an audio recording on the website and tell us how much you hate, Mark. I oh, mean, Oh,
1: Yeah. Um, it's going to fill up our memory really quick. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: We've only got so much memory. So just try <laughs> to be brief, please. But, but in all seriousness, Mark, we did get a review back in March. It was not the world's best review. Um, and they had some feedback in terms of our audio quality. Well, you know what? I listened to what they said. I went out and actually listened, did some research. I got with our producer and said, yep. hey, I think this particular user's on to something. Yep. And it was about our audio levels. And so we made some adjustments. And I think ever since that episode, our audio has sounded better. No, that was good feedback. So thank you for that. Yeah, we made some adjustments here at the studio and we've tried to make it sound better. And we're not not a professional podcast crew. I think that's pretty clear to everybody by now. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. Right. We don't have Papa Conan's money like some people do. No. But but I think overall, it sounds a lot better. And that was because of that user's feedback. So we do definitely appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Well said.
0: Yeah. Very nice. All right, Mark. Well, I think that about wraps up another episode of Live from Pawnee. Next week, we'll be covering April and Andy's fancy party, and it should be a good one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember that one. I can't wait. All right. Everybody, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.
1: Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of The Creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us.